0: You're listening to 50 Plus a Tip, the show for strippers, ethical sluts, and other open-minded whores. Hi, lovelies. Welcome back to 50 Plus a Tip. I'm your host, Danica. And I'm Riley. And today we are sitting down with Miss Maidling. She is the adorable Dom, the girl next door that just loves to play the kinky way. Her passion and joy comes from unlocking and unblocking others' emotional and sexual journey. Why live a life of shame and guilt when you can own it and live as boldly happy and free as can be? Start living your truth, the reality you create by submission. You can adore this fetish content producer and model on her website, www.missmailing.com. On this episode, we discuss doming, fetishes, diaper fetish, female clients, and healing from sexual trauma. Thank you so much for joining us, Mayling. We are so excited to have you. So the first question, of course, how long have you been in sex work and what avenues have you worked in?
1: Ooh, I got it at the best time, pandemic time. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, no, it was actually one year before the pandemic happened. And I was like, this is sick. Oh my God, it's going to be so great. And the pandemic happened and I was just like, oh, okay, this is so different now. I guess everything that I learned does not apply and I have to relearn and restructure everything. Um, So a little over three years professionally and the different industries, I started out in person. So obviously the pandemic was just like, fuck that, you can't do in person now. And I'm like, cool, I guess I'll learn everything about how to make content and how to have an online presence and all this and that. And it was a lot of learning. It was a lot of YouTube university. And uh, it's never ending though, honestly, even though three years and I know people have done it for over 20 years and they're still learning and constantly expanding and exploring and navigating all different parts of whatever the interwebs has. So yeah. So was it
2: always doming or did you dabble in like camming, stripping, anything like that?
1: I did majority. I started out thinking I was going to be a stripper. I thought I was going to be an entertainer and dancer. And I went and auditioned. And then the day after I woke up and I just cried and I was like, this is not for me the girls who do this are just so badass and like huge respect. Oh my gosh. It's so much work. But I was just like, I can't do this. And so I was like, I want to beat people up. How do I do that? <laughs> so I legit in that a week after that, I just created my website and I was just like, I'm going to be a professional dumb. Yeah.
2: that's awesome. Wow. Yeah. I, I don't think that you hear that a lot of, uh, just sort of waking up and being like, this is exactly what I'm going to do. Like, did you know anything about the dom industry beforehand? Like, or did, were you just like that? I it had a calling <laughs> or something.
1: Um, I was in the BDSM kink scene for seven years prior to that. So that was what I knew. I didn't realize I could make money off of it. So I was doing it for free for seven years. Well, and then no. I was like, I know you're telling yeah. me. <laughs> so I was just like wait a minute oh, what have I been doing <laughs> uh, so yeah I just flipped the switch and was just like fuck this pay me now <laughs> yeah and it's gotten me you know the, living the lifestyle has been amazing and everything and I've gotten to travel a lot with it and whatnot but now getting rid of my vanilla job and being like this is my full time job it just feels so much better oh my god
0: (laughs) Uh, how did you get into doming i know you said you woke up and you're like i want to beat up people how did you find out like i can beat up people for money
1: (laughs) (laughs) Mm. i was in the bdsm kink scene and i started out as a submissive and i was just like wait this is so amazing i want to be able to hold the space for others and so i learned from people around the world on how to be dominant and then the more i learned the more it just became my natural side and as i was traveling people just offer themselves up as like my guinea pig they were like could you just try this could you do this and this and i'm like i've never done it before And they're like, it's totally okay, you know, just give it a shot. And I would do it and they'd be like, that was amazing. You're natural. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. And I just kept on doing that for seven years. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) Oh, no. Have you ever gone back and worked out how much like in- Don't ever do that. Don't do it. No, no, no.
1: No, it would just be tears after.
2: That. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I remember when I started in sex work, and then obviously, like, met a bunch of full service sex workers, and I was going back and counting all the times that I had had sex for free, and I was like, God damn it! A lot of wasted money <laughs> there. Yeah. Like, of money. Yeah. <laughs> um. So aside
0: from you know world traveling and getting this um eclectic experience. Is there proper training a professional dom should do or is required
2: to do or suggested to do?
1: Back in the day, I believe that there was a lot of mentorship that was happening. And that's how you would get all of your knowledge and whatever you knew. And then they would be like, you know, you're now certified to go out and beat men up (laughs) or beat people up. Um, Nowadays, it's just too easy, right? People can put blah 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 dom at the end or whatever domino whatever on twitter and all of a sudden you're dom and you're just like ah. no um definitely i feel like i would not feel like morally and ethically feel good about doing what i do if i did not learn from others first i definitely believe that if you want to do this in a safe sane manner go learn from somebody And there are quite a few people out there who are doing it online, in person, so many different uh, ways. There's a lot of education that's accessible nowadays. So I feel like there's no excuse, especially if you're trying to do it professionally. Like if you're going to do it professionally, like learn the professional way to do it.
0: (laughs) You say like back in the day there was kind of a guidance. Do you think – do you equate that lack of that to – like you said, the accessibility of it now, during the pandemic, everyone and their dog is a sex worker now. Do you think that's that's equated to it? Everyone jumped into it and said, I'm qualified now because I tell myself I'm qualified.
1: I think a lot of it is confidence, and I also think a lot of it is, shoot, I don't have a job or I can't go to work right now. What is, quote unquote, the easy way to get money, and then people jump into it, and then they realize how much extra work it is. Mm-hmm. Um And now, I feel like people are working, either figuring it out, whether it is for them and they're staying in the industry, or they're going back to their work, whatever they were doing before, um, and maybe keeping their sex work as a side gig or whatever. But I definitely feel like with the pandemic, it's made information and knowledge for the industry a lot more accessible because that was also another way that other sex workers were making money right which was teaching so if they couldn't do it in person now you have all this material and if it's recorded it's just passive income for them which is really smart so spread the word (laughs) So we've talked about this on the
2: podcast a lot. Is with the pandemic, as you were saying, we've just had this massive increase of content creation, and with that came, um, you know, strippers on TikTok talking about how much they make, doing a get ready with me, sort of like all of that stuff. And I think I I've kind of seen the same sort of thing in like the dom industry. There's been like an influx of um, girls either they are or pretending to be like fin doms. Have you, have you noticed that sort of like increased, uh, I guess, look into what it's like and, and in turn, like kind of people trying to step into that role.
1: I think that with the algorithm, whatever it is, it's pushing that more, right? Like it's trending. Like mm-hmm. the word, hashtag #Vindom is trending and you're just like is this me because this is what i follow and i see but then i see it elsewhere too and i'm just like oh okay this is not just because i'm in my own little echo chamber right of mm. seeing my friends and other doms and whatnot making that bag it's like oh this is being pushed out by different media here and there and it's becoming Quote unquote mainstream, you know, to kind of brag about how much money you're making, which I'm like, good for you. But also, it's also a really big spirit crusher, right? If you don't Mm -hmm. know how to take it for yourself to like constantly see other people and then compare yourself and be like, oh, I am not making that amount or wow, they're posting all the time. But also, this is social media. This is. It could be what they made. It could not be what they made. They could have gone to their own ATM and pulled out cash and done this clip. You know, like, it's just like, focus on you and do you and you'll be fine. But if that works for them, great.
2: (laughs) Do you think that there's any sort of ramifications about this sort of Dom work becoming mainstream Um, without proper training? Or is it kind of a good thing because um, now your work is getting less taboo?
1: Both. It's great that now people find it easier, right? Are Opening up to it a lot easier. And I feel like they're making that jump to do it to dabble in it a lot easier maybe it was also the pandemic them thinking like oh my god I only have one life to live let's yolo and do it (laughs) and pull the plug but in reality it's also like um kind of a bad thing if everybody not a I wouldn't say it's a bad thing but it's kind of like um if everybody were to go do it and weren't trained in it and then you have the people who don't do their research, right? And get scammed or whatever, then it just kinda like spoils everything for everybody else. Cause now they'll be like, Oh, I don't want to send posit. Um, I don't want to do this and that because I've been burned before. And I'm like, Hey, that's on you for not doing your homework. That's, you know, like boo hoo. <laughs> but maybe think a little bit more consider things a little bit more before you just like jump into it um see how much work the other person has done rather than just being like this is the first hot girl I see I'm giving her all my money and then being like oh I got catfished because mm-hmm. no one feels bad for you at that point I feel like it's just Darwinism <laughs> weed him <them> out
0: Rival <laughs> of the fittest yeah <laughs> surely yeah
1: uh, we've talked too about um,
0: gatekeeping information, which seems like a big thing on social media. There's like an influx of people talking about things, sharing information. Um, we kind of go back and forth on where that line of gatekeeping can be good sometimes. Like we worked hard to learn these things and gatekeeping can also um, be at the detriment of others. So what, um, what's your kind of stance on that, on the gatekeeping of information within the DOM community?
1: I think that the information and knowledge is power. And if you don't protect it and it just goes everywhere and anybody can alter it or change it, that's where there's a problem, right? Mm -hmm. Because then everybody's just going to be like, oh, well, the thing that I learned is now this and it's changed to this and this, which things do evolve, right? Sure, but like make sure that it's actually the truth rather than, just one person's bad experience or one person's perspective or viewpoint. I also think that it could be taken negatively if one person is doing all the gatekeeping, because then you have like this powerful person that's like, I am the almighty blah, 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 right? Really high off of their own power. and could potentially take it too far and who's to hold them in check right because everybody else is just like well I'm busy doing my own thing or whatever and I don't want to deal with that or don't want to be associated with that then yeah it was just
2: (laughs) yeah no definitely it is it is a hard line to teeter as well especially with like especially on you know social media when there's such a influx of like younger people too and you know them thinking that it is you know quote-unquote easy money and moving into something where if they're not trained properly or don't have like good resources they could end up you know somewhat hurt from the experience totally
0: and i do agree that sometimes it's like the people that should keep their mouth shut and don't and the people that are really (laughs) freely (laughs) ones where it's like what are you talking about and the thing with tiktok is it's like there's actual professional sex workers on there having the the call of what gets out and what doesn't Mm -hmm. you know it's just a free for all of information so like you said just like the clients need to kind of be aware of where they're getting the information and do their own research uh new dancers new sex workers in general new doms need to also take in the information but take some of it with a grain of salt like who are you getting this information from is it accurate like you said are they just pulling out atm money and saying i made this today in an hour um so that, I think it's kind of on you, it comes down to what you're taking in and if you're taking it from.
1: Totally. And it's just so much work too, to like go on TikTok or Instagram or whatever and sift through all this, right? How do you know if it's true? How do you know if it's not? And then you're just like, it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and to find like a few pieces of golden nuggets here and there and you're just like, wow, this is it. But like when you find it, cherish it
2: (laughs) so on that kind of note um how does one find a good dom or dominant um are there some red flags that you could look out for and some green flags
1: Ooh, yes i love this question um literally dominance will advertise anybody in the sex worker industry will advertise everywhere. So you can find them anywhere, whether it be like YouTube or podcasts or Instagram, TikTok, literally anything. Dig deeper, find out more information. And if they have work that backs them up, right? Like collaborations with other people or um, they have a clip store site they their content creator if they have um and and look at how long they've been doing it right like i'm not saying don't do it for any of the newer people by all means they could definitely use the support and boost of morale and you know staying in the industry but also from there once you talk to somebody and this is super common in the femdom industry a lot of submissives will be like, I want to be colored, please color me. And a dominant not knowing what that means or how big of an ass that is, they'll be like, you're my bitch now. You're my colored bitch. And I'm like, you talk to this person one time and now they're your submissive because they changed their name on Twitter handle to say like, blah, blah, blah's bitch. Like, oh, that's a huge red flag to me because collaring is, it means so much more, right? Like for me, it's just like almost the equivalent to asking someone to marry you, but vice versa, right? So now you're having the female asking the submissive to be their collared, like their personal. And that is a huge ask, if you don't know these people, like I would not allow them in my space, my personal space, my life, my anything, and yeah, that that to me is a red flag to be like, yeah, they're immediately my collared bitch. <laughs> that means that person doesn't really quite know what, uh, or maybe they do know and they just don't care, which teach our own. A green flag to me is, um, yeah, totally just what I said before, doing your research and seeing all the work that they've done, all the time and energy spent that's not in a session, right? That's built on putting their brand together, their administrative work, how good their website looks how good their content is how much of everything they have done outside of that is like a lot
2: right so
0: so say someone goes on like leo's list looking for a dom and they come across an ad um what would something in that ad be coming out to you saying okay this they are experienced or they are worth looking into more or whoa okay that's right from that ad right there that's a red flag what's it really like the first thing your notes know on an ad that's either going to pull you in or turn you away
1: mm. my red flag is that they have a whole list of all the things that they do and it lists on forever and I'm like hmm not everybody does everything. And if you do, then you're kind of like not, in my book, you're not good at all of those things, right? When you go to Cheesecake Factory and you look at their menu and you're just like, none of these, they can't make all of these dishes good. But when you go to a restaurant that has like 10 dishes only, and they know how to make all 10 dishes fucking fantastic, That, to me, is like, you know what you're doing. You're an expert in all the things that you are passionate about. And that is just mm, chef's kisses. (laughs) No, specialization
0: is a big green flag.
1: Huge, huge. Like, you can't do it all. And sure, you can dabble in it. You can try it. But are you going to be an expert in it? A professional expert in it and all of these things Eh.
2: (laughs) what about the opposite how can you tell a customer is genuine uh versus just a time waster or that would make a good sub
1: Mm -hmm. Mm. this all goes into in texting the messages emails going back and forth I feel like you can tell a lot just by the way they speak to you, the grammar, instead of them typing out, are you a veil with a letter R and you like that to me is like a joke, right? Like you clearly didn't put any effort into this, but if someone says and crafts me a beautiful message that says, hi, my name is blah, blah, blah. Here's a short, brief introduction about me. I think you would be a good fit for me because we have this stuff in common or that I would find, you would find of interest. Then that to me tells me that like, oh, they did their research. They know a little bit about me and they think that we would have a good connection. And then that's like, okay, great. Let's see. Let's message a few more times and see if it works out. And a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, you meet all these strangers in, uh, in a place that you've never been before or whatever and you do this to them, like, how could you? And I'm like, bitch, you're going out on Tinder dates with people that you just met off of Tinder and you're hooking up with them for free. I'm At least I'm getting yeah. paid, you know, like.
2: <laughs> yeah, we say that all the time. It's like everyone... <laughs> everyone is a prostitute some girls just charge you know in the thousands and you charge uh seven dollars fifty for a g and t you know
1: <laughs> yeah mm-hmm.
2: yep. <laughs> um, back to like a sub who may not be a great one
0: um if you were to start a session with a new a new sub what would be some of the signs you're like okay maybe maybe i misread this person they're not going to be a good sub what would be like something they'd say or something they do? Where you're like, okay, never mind. They're not here for the right reasons or they don't know how to actively be here in the right way.
1: Uh, a, sys- a submissive to me from the get go will demonstrate certain characteristics, which is. They are a little bit nervous. They get into your space and they're like, I don't know where to look. I can't look her in the eyes. I should probably just look down. Uh, and they're like frazzled, right? Because they don't have a set rules yet. That to me is like, oh, you're so cute. I'm going to train you. Yeah. A person coming into me that's like just barging in and is like full testosterone and is like, I'm so-and-so. And they reach out their hand to shake my hand. I'm like, Whoa. Get out of my space. This is my personal space. I will allow you, if you do a good job, to maybe kiss my feet, right? Like, not even touch my hand. Really, like, gross. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's <You're> really pretty <laughs> much. <tall>. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: um, I guess that actually brings me to that question I had. Uh, do you maintain that sub dom? Uh, persona or that kind of uh, relationship outside of appointed times? Like if I have a schedule with you from 5 to 6 p.m., um, if we're messaging before that, are we still in that realm of I am submissive to you? Or do you have some clients who want to act, in quotes, normal with each other? And then once they get there, they want to take on that role?
1: For me, I definitely prefer to keep the DS dynamic at all times. Yes. Maybe within that strict time limit, we have high protocol or strict rules that they have to follow. But if we're doing an aftercare, cool down, whatever, after the session and we go out to dinner, then those protocols are no longer there. And we can be a little bit more cordial, but they're still definitely respectful of me. And they're still submissive to me, right? Like they would not just be like, oh, getting the door and walking in first. No, they would still get the door for me they would still pay for the meal for me they would always be submissive to me in a sense
0: i guess i guess a good question is what does a typical session look like with you so is it always you're texting before they show up you do an hour session you guys go out for dinner like what what would a session look like are they all
1: different? different for every person I, I can't do the same thing for everybody, but there is a, I guess, same template, which is they book the session, which I have a series of things that they must, series of hoops they must jump through to get to meeting me. From there, there is, A few more questions in person because it's always different once you see them from when they've texted and message emailed back and forth, right? Now they're finally in person, ask them a few questions, negotiations, and then we ramp, slowly work our way up, hit the peak, and then there's a little bit of like, okay, session's kind of lulling down, great, let's bring it back so that we are, I guess like at the same eye level and be like, okay, great. You did a good job. You did a thing. I'm proud of you. And then maybe we do dinner after, or sometimes we even do dinner before just to like talk and get their nerves out of the way and whatnot. Not like they're really eating much because they're just like so nervous, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, it's great. (laughs)
0: then uh, you take on female clients as well. Uh, what has your experience been with that? And how do they differ from your male clientele?
1: I think women do everything better than men.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Say less. <Yeah. laughs>
1: so everything is just better, you know, the interaction, the startup, the communication, the in-person session, and the afterwards, they just, I just feel like, women understand each other at a different level and they're just like when they know how what you prefer and what you like they will do it to the t and men will just try that is their t is trying to do their best yep <laughs>
2: apart from this that sort of difference is there a difference in this sort of session that um men in general are looking for versus women in general or is it sort of just different across the board
1: Mm. I think a lot of the main difference that I have with my cis men and cis women clients is that majority of my female clients do not want any humiliation. They want to be my prized and treasured pet and do everything and be like, I'm the best one for you. Whereas my male slaves, not that there aren't any of those male slaves, but there are more male slaves who are like, I am the trashiest of dirtiest lowliest of slaves blah 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 and I'm like okay you're really down there (laughs) on the hierarchy of slaves
2: (laughs)
0: Uh, mm -hmm. I wonder if that has to do with like like societally how women are already treated in society as opposed to how men are I bet there's a lot of psychology behind that Mm -hmm. I definitely
1: feel that Mm -hmm. like women have gone through so much and like if they were to submit to someone else, they don't want to face that again. Right. Mm -hmm. They want to face it in a loving way though, (laughs) to be like, I went head on with this and I came out stronger. Mm -hmm. And now they can release all the shit that they've gone through by other men Mm -hmm. and whatnot. That's definitely how I started into it when I was uh, being a submissive. It was to a woman at first. And I was just like, oh shit, this is great, you know? And then I played with men, women, everybody, and it was fantastic. Yeah.
0: Uh, What have been some of your favorite client fetishes that you've encountered so far?
1: Ooh, my favorite. My favorite ones that took me on surprise was diaper fetish that was something new when I started working in the industry and I was just like oh this is so cute (laughs) you know like I feel like everybody sees domination as like super grungy dark dungeon chains and like the ABDL diaper side is just like we're gonna play with clouds today and a coloring book and like super cute plushies. And I'm like, yes, have fun. It is so cute and adorable. Like that to me is is so precious. (laughs) Um, Another one that I really love, Um, it's not a new weird fetish or anything, but this is my personal fetish that I've had since I was in fourth grade. Um, which is ball blasting. I kicked someone in the balls accidentally in fourth grade. And I just like saw him kneel over to the floor and was just like crying. And I was just like, what is this? (laughs) Power. (laughs) And so, yeah, now I get a lot of that and I get to feel it all the time. And it feels so good.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. Um, I'm definitely going to go back to the diaper stuff. Yeah. Um, can you break down the acronym you just said? I think you said A
1: hmm. A
0: B D L.
1: Yeah, um, A-B-D-L.
0: Yeah, break that down for us. And then let us know what like a diaper fetish usually entails or what a diaper session would look like.
1: Yeah. Uh, A-B stands for adult baby. D-L is diaper lover. Uh, adult baby likes diapers but among other things a diaper lover just could just love diapers they could be an adult and be like oh i don't want any of that age regression none of that baby shit i just love the feeling of wearing diapers and i'm like cool they could be either or and a typical session looks like and there are no typical sessions but i'm gonna recall when that uh really I look fondly back on all the time which is I think this was like a four hour long thing where we started off like slowly regressing him into a younger age and the more we regressed the more diapers we put on and then it became a like oh let's do a bubble bath and just wash away all the worries and blah, 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 and start a new right while they're still in the diaper. And then when you get them out, I was doing uh, like the ABCs. We were learning the ABCs, but each letter stood for something different. So like A would be asshole, B would be butt plug, and, like, we would just go on and on with that. And it was so much fun to just, like, (laughs) learn it in, like, a more fun and kinky way. And, yeah, it was just, like, super wholesome in a kinky, nasty way.
2: (laughs) Pulsively kinky. I like it. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. And then... Also, coming on to the second sort of fetish that you were talking about, um, I think a lot of dancers, like uh, people seeing us strip, also look for like other um, uh, avenues of sex. So like we get asked for services and stuff, and we also get for asked for uh, like Dom stuff. And one that I've been asked for a lot is actually ball busting as well. Um <sighs> I know. But, like, how does one learn how to do that as safely as possible? I guess. Ooh, there's,
1: um, ooh, how does one, you know, you kind of just go for it. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, there are, uh, some educators out there who teach like an hour long, uh, i think it was like through zoom or whatever and they just taught it um there's different ways to tie it um but this is all part of like dom training right Mm -hmm. if you tie the balls how long can you stay tied for before it's like a an issue and i Mm -hmm. was lucky enough to um go to college and actually think that i was going to be a doctor but I'm not. (laughs) But a lot of my friends are doctors. So I ended up asking them all these questions about what I could do to a body in a safe manner. And they would just be like, you're crazy and here's how not to have your clients end up in the ER. And I was like, thank you for being so supportive of my work. <laughs> so doctors ask love <laughs> Yes, doctors love DOMS. And they I always mean. say, whatever you do, make sure there's a flared base so they don't end up in here. So I have to take something out of the ORPA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's knowing how much force you can do it. But like I've never heard heard of anybody like kicking so hard that mm-hmm. it like bursted you know it, it can yeah. handle a lot unless you're wearing like specifically and they move around so much so unless you like have a specific ball held into place and like put your pointy heels on it you're fine honestly I think you'll be fine <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, yeah I definitely have quite a few clients who like ball busting um and I I tend to err more on the side of caution mm-hmm. um and not putting my full weight into things um that's but, what really pissed me off that day that I electric, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but that's what I was gonna ask is um the legality around or the liability um do you need to have your submissives or your slaves sign some kind of contract saying you know if you are injured I'm not held responsible like is there that kind of um, less less sexy uh, paperwork that comes <laughs> into play.
1: Yeah, totally. At the beginning of everything, I thought I had to make a waiver and have everybody sign it, and then I realized waivers don't mean shit. They don't hold up any like they won't hold up in court for anything. You know, it's it's just like oh, I signed a piece of paper, but in reality, there's no weight to it. And so I kind of just foregoed it and... Forgo? Is that word? Whatever. And um, instead, in reality, A, they don't know my new real name, so they can't really put me at court. They don't know where to find me, really, if anything were to go bad. Not that it would, because I know some great doctors that they could go to. <laughs> and they could handle it anyways. Um, and B, like... I play in a manner where everything is like pretty safe um, and I wouldn't do anything out of the realm of like having it not uh, having it go awry like that, you know, so I feel pretty comfortable with all the things that I do. Um, Yeah, unless you're doing something, if you are doing something where you feel like another person should sign a waiver you should reconsider whether you are capable of doing it just reassess yeah. the skill set and then either go learn or go do a double dom session or go collaborate with someone else who has those skill sets and learn from them hands-on while getting paid
2: <laughs> yeah that's a that's a good uh hot and fast rule hey if you are if you needs <laughs> to sign a waiver Maybe don't do it. (laughs) We don't do them all this time. I think that's a good good rule in life. Right? I think so. (laughs) Um, So we have a couple of listener questions as well. Um, So the first one here is, do you know of any resources for people who want to start doming?
1: Yes, there are quite a few. I'm going to list them off the top of my head. Uh, Princess Callie. She has been in the industry for a very long time and has a lot of worksheets, classes, uh, intensives out there, as well as um, if you are looking to do content creation, there is Goddess Alexandra Snow. She's done quite a fair share of series throughout the pandemic. Um, There is, if you are looking for In person, Eve Manax is in San Francisco. Uh, Damiana Chi is in Los Angeles, who does in person and online. Um, Who else am I missing? Oh, Seven Days of Domination is literally a week long of seven different uh, Dom professors, teachers, uh, teaching you about one specific skill set. Um, and that's super accessible. It's all online and pre-recorded. If you've missed anything in the past, you can watch it. And they have con- new ones constantly coming out. So very, very accessible. And it's like, if you tell them that you're a sex worker or in the industry, you get discount, So fullness <laughs>
0: yeah that's awesome that's really cool i will definitely be checking yeah i know out. i'm just like yeah, mad typing movie. it down as
2: right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um the next listener question here where do you think certain fetishes or kinks
1: come from oh everywhere you, you see it in fashion right you see latex and you're just like oh shit hot something about the shininess and you're just like immediately drawn to it and not only the shininess it's like how it makes a person feel and the way they pose and the way they carry their confidence you're just like attracted to that um i know someone who got a foot fetish um because he was sitting on the floor watching his piano teacher play and he would hyper focus on her feet As she was like pushing the pedals and ever since he loves feet now um Mm -hmm. i dated my ex-partner who is a twin and both of them just were born with a foot fetish i don't know what like really triggered it but both of them have an intense foot fetish they're both different varieties of foot fetish Um, like one likes really stinky and gross feet and the other one's like, I want it to be perfectly manicured, but they're both feet. Um, me, I got a ball busting fetish from literally kicking someone in the balls in fourth grade playing soccer. (laughs) So it's anything everywhere. And I think a lot of people feel like, oh, if I don't feed into my urges, it will die and decay and disease. But... unfortunately it just kind of builds up deeper inside of you until you like blow up and you're like I have to do this and then when you do do it with somebody you gain even more fetishes and kinks because you're like now exposed to something new and you're like oh shit I didn't know I would love this and now I do
2: just like unlock several doors
1: so (laughs) many
0: Uh, Next listener question here. Are there any fetishes or role plays that you won't do in sessions?
1: Mm. Anything I will not do. I do not do wrestling. I got asked that a lot. Um, If they're like already bound and like whatever, then I'll just like do a few scissor holes here and there for fun. But in no realistic fantasy, Am I going to wrestle a man who is twice, weighs twice as much as me? Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, I can pretend lose. And I'm like, I don't want you to pretend, you know? (laughs) Like, I want you to try, you know? When you are doing something, I want you to give it your all. I'm all for somebody putting passion into something, right? And wrestling is not something where someone can put their passion into wrestling little old me, I'm 5'4 and weigh, like, 105. Like, you can pick me up super easily. <laughs> and so, like, that just, A, doesn't make me feel safe, and B, there are other wrestlers out there who I know that would do a way better job and have more fun doing it with them. So, by all means, I will usher you them their way. <laughs>
0: I'm sorry, I have to say, I love um, the fact that we're talking about ball busting and adults in diapers and uh, stinky feet and wrestling men to the death. And then there's a little beautiful bird chirping in the background of your video.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's like so peaceful and serene. hard yeah. <laughs> must one kick a bull yeah, before back the, the bust? Bus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's
1: nice. how my friend views me when i do doubles with her because in my sessions i play classical music i always say there's two types of doms there's one that plays classical and there's one that plays like heavy metal and <laughs> she just laughs at me because she's a heavy metal kind and she's just like oh, i can't do this and i'm just like everything around me needs to be calm so my inner beast can just scream as loudly as possible <laughs> Like
2: that yeah. I like the idea of playing classical music, it's like when they play, um, that sort of music and like the sort of killer scene of a horror movie, it just <laughs> adds awesome. to the suspense, yeah. It's like so like, oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: and the last listener question here What are some techniques or phrases that would be appropriate at a strip club? I assume if someone maybe want a client at the strip club, wanted you to dominate them in a dance
1: and a could, dance, how could you, uh, Like, how would they ask appropriately for like a specific type of domination dance?
0: Um, I think think it's more as the stripper, she's asking, how can I appropriately dom someone within the confines of this strip club?
1: oh, that's tough because I definitely asked when I was trying out the, the audition. I was like, so what are the rules? Can I like, you know, kind of bend here if I wanted to slap man across the face so that they would know I'm dominant? And he's like, mm, you really can't touch that. <laughs> um, But there are just certain ways you can carry yourself. Um, In a sense, that's like, there's the sexual prowess tease, right? And then there's like the, I guess, more aggressive. I, I mean, I feel like you all are kind of dominant in a sense, honestly. <laughs> but to to kind of hmm, exa- hmm exaggerate or, or maybe ooh here's a few good words. Um, it would be some certain phrases that dominance or femdoms use, which, I mean, there are so many different ways of which uh, different categories of it too, right? Like if there was a person who aligns more with like witchcraft and like sorcery, they could see like, oh, I want you to be under my spell. And if they were more of like a dominant, um, strictly dominant per se, they would say, I am going to have a series of commands and I'm going to give you a reward if you obey my every word. So these are just like certain things that could get a person thinking that they have to earn a reward, right? In the femdom community, it's always about the things that you are, the commands that you are saying, if this, then that, right? Mm. If they follow this rule, then they maybe get to see my ankles, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, like all the stars align and they tried really hard, then yes. And I feel like... um, yeah, that, that was something important for me, which was putting a boundary or gatekeeping my myself, my body. In order for people to have access to a part of me, I wanted them to earn it. I wanted them to show how much they want it, right? Like, I love it when people beg. I just love it. I'm like, oh, you want this? Beg for me then. Mm -hmm. I I love hearing things I'm like an audiophile so when I hear like whimpers and cries I'm just like oh great I'm melting here (laughs) like that works for me so whatever works for them use it Mm -hmm. as your weapon right just be like yeah guys will do anything when they get hard Mm -hmm. oh my god they will do anything and now you just get a toy with them
2: (laughs) I kind of follow-up question to that I think in the strip club we're always asked like how do you perceive a dance like does it turn you on to dance so Mm. but you know a lot of the time we're like it's so mechanical we're like okay and then move this way and then give them this view and then do this and then like oh what I forgot to get that from the grocery store like it's very (laughs) sort of like mechanic like you're into it but you're like sort of mechanical about it what is it like in a dom session do you Find yourself like really enjoying the sessions, or are you so concentrated on how um your like sabo client is feeling that it's just like not really perceived like that for you?
1: I am always doing a session that I am really into. So majority of the time I like I get into like this like dom hole, which is like nothing around me exists anymore. And it's just me and my submissive. And most of the time, I kind of go overtime because I'm so into what I'm doing that I forget or whatever. And yeah, I, I generally am, genuinely am interested. And if I am not interested in it, I just won't do it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I will change it up real quick so that I am into it. And no matter what even if it's not the client's fetish, they will be into it because you are into it. That's the key. Like whenever you can do a whole session, I've done whole sessions where I don't even hit any of their fetishes and I just hit all of mine and they're just like, that was the best session of my life. (laughs) And I'm like, you're damn right because like everybody else gave you what you want and what you really want and need is for the other person to have fun with you ultimately it's all about connection and it's all about like having a good time with another person so yeah Yeah.
2: all right and then I have one last question before we get into our rapid fires um how so you know going into this dom hole as you said and you know I've heard you know subspace coming like you know sort of being I guess the opposite of that how do you ease out of a session mm.
1: the way I ease out is very dependent on the person I know it's like the shitty answer you don't want to hear it's very person dependent <laughs> it depends on the time <laughs> um what uh, a common thing that I do do is um I will allow them to lay their head on my lap and I pet their hair. I always love my hair being pet. So I just pet my client's hair. And as an older man who is like in their 50s or 60s, they they're just like, no one's ever done this for me before. You know, it's just so cute. So you pet, I pet their hair. And then um, I will, like, take my finger under their chin and lift it up until their eyes meet mine, and then I'll tell them they did a good job, and they'll just, like, immediately melt, like, oh, she loves (laughs) me, (laughs) which is, like, genuinely true, though, like, I think they did a good job, and they, yeah, because we just, like, did this intense thing, and, like, now it's, now we're bonded. (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, it must be, like, pretty intense to sort of, like, take on that emotional, um, not toll, but, you know, the emotional weight of somebody.
1: Yeah. But it's also very important in, for the longevity of one's uh, career in the industry is to not actually take it on and just, mm-hmm. like, okay, I can walk away from this and yeah. be like, I'm done. That was work. And this is me time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. So before we
0: let you go, we have our three rapid-fire questions we ask all of our guests. The first one is, what is one thing on your sexual bucket list that you haven't done yet but want to try?
1: I've always wanted to hold hands with another person inside of someone's butthole. That would be two fists inside of a butthole. And we would just kiss each other. It would be so romantic. (laughs)
2: <laughs> uh, took like a different turn than i expected <laughs> sorry is this other person different to the one whose butthole it is
1: yes yes like, it would it would be like one person laying down butthole and it would be like yeah. another female ideally be okay. another female gotcha. and me
0: <laughs> i love i hope you i hope you get that i love yeah, that for you thank you, you. <laughs> the next question what is one thing that you've tried sexually that you probably wouldn't do again
1: Ooh, i i personally don't like butt stuff i love doing butt stuff to other people don't get me wrong but holes are great but my (laughs) bustle (laughs) oh
2: No one one holding hands in your butthole. (laughs) No
1: one's holding hands in my butthole. No hand alone in my butthole.
0: But focused. I love it. And the last question here. If you had the world's attention for 30 seconds,
1: what would you say? I would say if you're not having fun, don't do it. I think this is the biggest thing for everybody and i feel like people get themselves into a mindset of like i have to do this because blah 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 and so i have to do this and i'm like no one is literally holding a gun to you telling you you have to do this you always have a choice and you are always your own strictest person your own worst critic have fun with it life is so short make the most of it and have the most fun. Yeah. I think that's 30 seconds. (laughs)
0: That's perfect. That's awesome. Uh, mailing, where can people find you?
1: Everybody can find me on my website, www.missmailing.com. In there, you'll find everything.
0: Awesome. And as always, you can find us on Instagram at 50 plus a tip pod or email at 50 plus a tip at gmail.com. Sign the DMs with questions, comments. We love getting them. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you again, May Ling, for joining us. It was such a pleasure. We um, really got to know a bit more about the Dom world yeah. and about. <laughs> diapers and ball busting and anal
2: handshakes. (laughs) (laughs) The name of this podcast. (laughs) Diapers, ball busting and anal handshakes. (laughs) Thank you so
0: much for your time.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun. Have a wonderful week and happy whoring. Bye. (laughs) Bye.
2: One of our incredible sponsors is X9. X9 is a local Vancouver swimwear and exotic wear company that was started out of love for creativity, art, and experimentation. Founder Emily and her long-term friend Hale opened x 9 showroom and design studio in 2018. Located in the heart of... East Vancouver, Emily and Hale continue to grow X9 with their team and with the original spirit of the brand in mind to create fun and unique pieces for sex workers, dancers, performers, and the queer community to express their confidence and sexuality. Find them on Instagram at X9Bikini. 50 plus a tip is also brought to you
0: by levian lashes shout out to our fabulous sponsor at levian lashes liz for bringing our lashes back to life whatever your poison is whether it's simple classics wispy dramatic colored and even bottom lashes liz is truly a master of them all you can find her on instagram at levian lashes that's l-a-v-i-e-e-n-l-a-s-h and let her know that 50 plus a tip sent you to get $20 off your first visit